You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Today, I am speaking on what I've titled the will of God. (laughs) The will of God. The will of God. Believers seem to always be searching for the will of God in their lives. All of us, at every point in time, are searching. Whether the matters are small, they are big, they are medium-sized. We want to know the will of God. And so every believer is searching for the will of God in their lives. Is that true? If you're exempted, lift your hands, let me see. So, where is the will of God? Discovering God's will often seems like an impossibility. And so most times, when negative circumstances come in our lives, we see them as part of God's will in our lives. So, we we see things happen to us And we are like, oh, this is the will of God. Negative things happen and say, this is the will of God. And we say, I need more faith. And most of us are also afraid finding the will of God. Because in our minds, we think that the will of God is not something that you enjoy. So, you see, when you are about to marry and you are searching for the will of God, you think that God will give you somebody weird that you should like. So, you see, if you see somebody and the person is cool and all of that and you are going to ask you are afraid that God will say and God will give you a weird one do I have a witness here because in your mind you think that God doesn't like you much and his ways are always some way that you will not enjoy. You see, most of us see God as very boring. <laughs> most of us see God as very boring. And that's why Christians are boring. Because they think they serve a God who is very... And, and so we are not 
enjoying God. Oh God. I pray that after today you'd enjoy God. So you see, some of us feel that you must do something hard. And make sure you do some dedication to a will that will not bring you joy. But it is for the cause so that you can walk in the will of God. Hello? So some people are fasting. And they are going 40 days without water. They are searching for the will of God. Hey, hello. Do I have witnesses here? Searching for the will of God. Because for them, the will of God is very far And where it is to draw it, you have to fast. You have to do some hard work. (laughs) Now, the will of God can be broken into two parts. The will of God for the whole world and the will of God for the believer. But both of them can only be attained through the finished work of Christ. So let's look at the will of God for the world. John chapter 6, verse 35 to 40. What is the will of God for the world? And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hello? He who believes in me, or he who comes to me shall never what? Hunger. And he who believes in me shall never what? Um, How many of you get hungry? I want to see the one who doesn't. And how many of you get thirsty? So, you see, these are the two major needs of life. Thirst and hunger. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. And Jesus is saying that he who comes to him, they will never be hungry. He who has him, they will never be thirsty. You can live for some days without food, hunger. But with water, it's dangerous. Is that true? And that's why he says clearly that when you come to him, when you encounter him, you can live food. In other words, you can live certain desires, core desires. You always want to desire him. But when you have him, thirst, in other words, you can live without water, in quotes, that the most, the most, the most important desire of life, thirst. 
you can live without him. Without it. And so if finding him, having him, can make you live above every desire, then where are you searching for his will? Hello? Where are you searching for him? Ah, where are you searching for it? Because finding the will of God is also a desire. And he's giving you the ultimate desire of physical man. Test. Hello? The ultimate desire of every man is, is test. It's physical test. Everything you can do without, but test. And he says, when you have me, you will never be thirsty. So if you desire to find the will of God, which is not bigger than test, then where are you searching? Because if you have him and you will never be thirsty, if you have him, you will never lack his will. That's what he wants to tell you. Continue. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. So the problem he's telling them is that your thirst and your hunger is because although you have seen the one who will feel that insatiable desires of your life, you don't believe him. I'm coming. So you may have seen him you may have met him, but your problem is unbelief. All that the father gives me will come to me. So, if you are here and you have received Jesus, the father gave you to him. Hello. So, you didn't find him. He found you. Hallelujah. And the one who comes to me... I will by no means cast out. So when you are with him forever. Oh, say amen. amen. Continue. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. But the will of him who sent me. Hello. So Jesus is saying clearly that he himself is not living his will. He's not living his desire. He's living somebody's desire. Is that right? All right, okay. Continue. And this is the will of him who sent me. Hello? So, <laughs> this is the will of him who sent me. What is the will? Go. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up. So, this is the will of the Father, the will of God for the whole world. 
that they will believe on the Son and have everlasting life. That's the will. That's the will of the Father. That's the will of the Father. Hello. That's the will of the Father. Do you get it clear? Christian. So all this while, what have you been searching for? What have you been searching for? Give me the next slide. Now, let's look at the will of God for the believer. So, God says, the will, my will, for the world, is that they see Jesus. Have him. And when they have him, my will is done. Hello. Do you remember Jesus praying and saying, not my will? In the garden. But your will. And so Jesus is emphasizing here. And explaining to us what he said he's going to say in the garden of Gethsemane. Are you getting a point? Are you getting a point? <laughs> that if I had my own will, I would do my will not to go and die. But then I know the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that the whole world will know Christ. Hello. If that is done, it is done. And that is why when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. What was he trying to say? The will of God has been done. <laughs> the will of God has been done. Praise God. So, for most of us, believers, we quote this scripture. And we call it the model prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus was teaching. <laughs> Hello? Jesus was teaching the disciples the prayer they must pray. Before the kingdom comes. Now when the kingdom has come. You are still praying that prayer. Your kingdom come. But the kingdom has come. After Jesus died. The kingdom came. If you look at the scripture we read last week with regards to the 10 lepers, Luke chapter 17, right after that, the Pharisees asked Jesus a question. He said, when is the kingdom coming? And he said, the kingdom of God has come. When John the Baptist was preaching, what did he say? Repent. For the kingdom of God is at, is close to you. It's near you. So, this 
believer's prayer. Because the will of God after Christ died has been done. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you enter the will of God. So right where you are sitting right now, you are in the will of God. You don't need to do anything extra to be in the will of God. You are in the will of God. I would, in the name of Jesus, destroy some of these things in your mind. You are in the will of God. That's why God loves you. That's why God cares for you. Because you have entered his will by accepting his son. Hello. So, what do you want to do, Esther? So, for you, if you don't find a job, you're not in the will of God. The moment there's some sickness, you're not in the will of God. Hello. Is that not... Is that not what they tell you? So the moment something happens to you, they tell you that it's because you are out of the... <laughs> Give me the next slide. Look at Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall what? Shall what? Shall what? But he who does what is the will of the Father? If you go to the pretext, you will see what he was talking about. He was talking about false prophets. So sometimes you read the scripture and you are confused. He was talking about people that are using God's name. But they have not accepted him. So there are many. So he said, beware of the false prophets. And then he said whatever. And then he came to this. And said that they are doing this. They are doing that. They are doing that. But they are just using my name. Hello. They have not accepted me. He said, when it gets there, I'll tell them, I don't know. You remember a guy called Simon in Acts chapter 8, verse 18. He saw Peter and Go doing powerful things. Powerful things. They laid their hands and demons. Pam, pam, pam. And the guy said, Peter, listen to me. Let me give you some money so that you give me this power. Peter said, may you perish with your money. You want to buy the gift of God. It cannot be bought. It is giving. 
Hallelujah. And the man, most of us condemn him. He didn't know. But do you know that he said, Peter said, if you don't repent, this and that is going to happen to you. He said, please pray for me so that these things, these terrible things you have said will not come to pass. So actually, Simon the sorcerer received Christ. Those are the kinds of people he was talking about. So people can use his name but are not in him. But for everyone who has received him, he gave them the right, the legality to be called the children of God. And on the last day, he cannot deny them because they are part with him and he's part with them. I in him and you in me. Praise the Lord. Fast forward. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, but those that what? Do the will of the Father. Give me the next slide. The next slide. Next. What is the will of the Father? Hebrews 9, 16, 17. I just want to go into detail so you can get it. For where there's a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. What is a testament? Will. Where <laughs> there is a will, there must first be a, a testator. But the testator must what? Die. So until he dies, the will. Cannot be inherited. Am I speaking to somebody? Until he dies, the will. So the person cannot be living for you to say that I'm going to. Some of you are doing that. <laughs> you are praying for some people to die so you can enjoy their way. For where there is a testament, there's a will, there must of necessity. Necessity. Be the death of the testator. So everything that has happened to us was in the death. Christ. Continue with me. For a testament is a will, is in force after men are dead. Since it has no power at all while the testator lives. So, all the inheritance can be there. Hello? The inheritance can be there, but you can't touch it. So, it's not like you don't have the will of God. You have the will of God, but you can't access. The 
That's why they were doing sacrifice. They were doing so many things just to access because the testator is not dead. But the moment the testator dies, you don't find the will anymore. You access and claim the will. Ah! Somebody, come on, just go ahead and begin to claim your will because your will has been made available. So the moment he died, he received him. You entered the father's will. That's why he said, I commend to you his word of grace that is able to build you and give you an inheritance among the saints. It is only the word of his grace because it is not just the whole Bible that gives us the inheritance, the will. It is after his death. That is where grace comes in. That's why he said, I commend to you the word of his grace. Not just every word in the Bible. Until you hear the word of his grace, inheritance cannot be released. Hello. Therefore, Hebrews 10.5, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. So all the things they were doing, like we do today, to fast and to do all this, to access his will, he said he did not desire it. But they had to do it anyway. He said, but a body you have prepared for me. A body. A body. A body. So that all the sacrifices put together, they are in a body. And the moment that body is sacrificed, it is done. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. It was a good place to say that. Continue with me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will. Talking about Christ. The body that you prepared, that body has come. And he said, What has been written in the volumes of the book to do the will of the Father? I have come. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering. Previously, I'll come to that. Burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. These are self-explanatory. Coming to me. Now, he said previously. So this thing was prophesied even before Jesus came. Look at Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Let's all read. Go. So David said, wait. 
in my time, David says, in my time, to be able to access the will of God, we have to make sure we offer sacrifices. We offer offerings. But you called my attention and you made me listen. And I finally understand. So David understood in his days that there's coming a time that a body will be prepared and the rules are going to change. That men mortal men would accept a man and they enter his will. And there will be no need for any other sacrifice to walk in the will of God. Watch it. He said, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings for sin or sin offerings. Seven. Then I said, look, I have come. As it is written about me in the scriptures. Continue. I take joy in doing your will, my God. For your instructions are written on my heart. Hello. So when those times come, because they have the will of God in their hearts, the instructions will be in their hearts. So they are working in the will of God. So by the will of God in them, nobody will tell them what is good. What is bad? What is average? What is excellent? Because the will of God is in them. Watch it. I'm coming. Nine. So he said, I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out as you, Lord, as you, O oh Lord, well know. So David right there and then proclaimed it. He spoke it out. He did not hide it. And that's why David walked in that same grace. Because David, after Bathsheba's event, should have been stoned to death. But David had a revelation of the grace of God. How to walk in the will of God. And God spared him. And do you know that David's son that died after David had fasted was a typification of Christ dying. And that's why when the child was when the child was alive David was fasting. When the child rather died David said let me eat. Because that child died for David to live. Just like Christ died for us to live. Are you understanding me? Am I teaching? Continue. I have not kept what? Is this the good news? Come on, give a clap offering to Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. The way you are going to judge is different from what I have known since my childhood. And the good news when you gave me, I didn't keep quiet. I proclaimed it. I opened it up. 
I have talked about your faithfulness. And what? Saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. This is the good news. This is the good news. His love is unfailing. His unfailing love lives right within you. His faithfulness lives right within you. You are walking in the will of God. Give me the next. For he made him, 2 Corinthians 5.21, who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So if you are, listen, if you are right, how come you are saying you are not in the will of God? And you are now going to find the will of God. Hello? For he who knew no sin to be sin for us that he might become the righteousness of God. So if you have become the righteousness of God and you are saying you are still not in the will of God, where are you? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you understand righteousness? Eh? It means you are fully right. So the one who is fully right, how come you are saying you are finding his will? From where? So it means that the moment, listen, then you say you are not right. Because when you don't know his will, you are not right. You don't get it. I said, my child, Kek, I have made him righteous. In other words, before me, every microsecond, he is right. And then Kek goes to pray and fast. And says, Daddy, I want to find how I can be right with my job. How I can be right um, with my school. I'll look at Kek and say, before me, you are right. It doesn't matter whether your school or your education or whatever I say, I have made you right. Whatever you call sin is no more sin. I have made you right. The problem is Kek is still scratching his head. Say, Daddy, the way you used to beat me when I do wrong, I still don't believe it. Because most of us have the law mentality. Hello. So even when he says we are in his right book, he say, let me fast small. Let me pray small. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. How many minutes do I have? Seven minutes. Okay. Give me the next slide. 
Romans 12, 1 to 3. Most of us use this verse. This verse. Where it talks about good, acceptable, and perfect will. So some of us are saying, I'm doing the good. And then now I'm moving to acceptable. Until I get... I am going to read the message Bible for you. So you see what this verse actually means. Watch it. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you. King James will say, I pray by the mercies of the living God. Message says, so here is what I want you to do. God helping you. So the mercies of God. Are you getting the point? Okay, good. Read it in the King James. Uh Present your bodies as a unto the holy and a okay. Message says take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. The person, listen, by his grace, by his mercy, he has made you right. If you have received it, when you are eating, you are right. Make it as an offering. If you are going to work, let it be an offering. Let everything you are doing be. (laughs) Oh, my word. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Watch it. Embracing. Watch, 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 watch. He said what? Embracing what God does. What God does for you. Embrace it. Which is the best thing you can do for him. So your problem is you are not embracing it. Some of you read that. He said, ah, um, broad is the, the way to, and then, narrow is the, and you think that, oh, where, those who are going to go to heaven, they are going to go to a small gate. I will speak to all of these. Oh, Jesus. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Continue. Don't become well adjusted to your culture. That you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Wait. And quickly respond to it. What does he want from you? Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. 
so all I need to know, he's made me right. As I fix my attention on him, he does the work in me. My culture would drag me with laws, with do's and don'ts. But all I need to do is to fix my attention on him. Hallelujah. Let me speedily go through how to walk in the will of God. So walking in it. Walking in it. Walking in it. Watch it. One thing we can be sure of is that God has not hidden his will from us. We have seen it. We have known it. We have him. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 12. Apostle Paul says, that's why we have this scripture text. No one has ever seen nor heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. This scripture is, no eyes have seen, no ears heard, nor entered into the heart of man. What God has what? Prepared for his. All right, this is the scripture. He said, that's why we have this scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. God has arranged for those who love him. Look at the arrangement. But you've seen and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. What is coming is going to shock you. Go to the next. Whoever knows what you are thinking and planning except yourself, the same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he is giving us. Hello. Hello. Number one. He offers a full report. A detailed, nitty, gritty report on the gifts of life. In other words, everything about your job, because you have him, he opens it before you and gives you the report. About your marriage, because you have him, he opens it up and gives you a full report. Listen to me. And when it comes to your salvation, he doesn't leave you. He gives you a full report. Hello? So that you know that you are right. And you live in him and move in him and have your being. <laughs> Our problem is this. Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 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 Anybody who fixes their gaze 
on him. You cannot be lost in his will. There's the peace that he gives. And you know you are right. You are just afraid because of your culture. You are just afraid because of your experience. You are just afraid because of what somebody is telling you. But when you are right about it, you know. His peace. Hello. So listen to me. The will of God is not that you are out of God's will and God hates you. But the will of God is that you are right with him. And because you and him are together, he opens it up to let you know what step to take. Acknowledge the Lord with all your heart and he will direct your... And so the point is that each Christian knows. You don't need a prophet to tell you. His peace tells you. He gives you the green light whether to take the job or not. He opens it up to you whether the guy is good or not. But it's because you think you like them so much. Hello. Are you getting the point? You see, that peace can never be duplicated by the devil. No, because the devil doesn't possess you anymore. The devil can obsess you and harass you. But the devil cannot possess a believer. When it comes to possession, you are possessed by the spirit of God. That's what Apostle Paul said. You are the temple of the living God. And the spirit of the Lord lives. So, and he opens the full report. And tells you. You are afraid. But you know his will. Because you have his will. I have personally made some of those mistakes. Because we are all searching for the will of God outside. We are not searching from hello. Listen to me. You are not a confused person because God is not a confused God. He lives right inside of you. When it is not good, you know it. So, his peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. So the point is, when you make the mistake, does he say that, oh, I will kill you? No. All things work together for good to them that love him, according to them that are called by his purpose. So, if you didn't get it right, he then navigates you another point and meets you there. Because you are still in his will. Hello. Did you understand it? Give me the last one. Do not fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers 
letting God know your next. Before you know it, read it. There is no ambiguity. No ambiguity. No ambiguity. Now, if I look at my life, some of the grievous mistakes I've made is that I felt that vexation is like a heat. That comes and tells me, no, 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 no. But you see, this person is too nice. They can't do this to me. Have you been there yet? No, no, they can't. They can't do this to me. Oh, if I look at this job, and I look, even when I step in the gate, the way the, the, the gate man even welcomed me, the way the CEO looked, I can still feel that there's something, there's something, but, but the way they are behaving, no, I have to take it. <laughs> Hello? Are you getting the point? That is our problem. We always look at the external instead of the... I pray that from today. From today. No matter how sweet, sleek, swift it looks, he's inside. The moment you can sense his peace at the center of it, walk in. Amen. Walk in. If you don't, run away. Stay away. Because you are already in the center of his will. Amen. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Carry Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Carry Center International, living heaven on earth.